Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The greater the length, the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. Prost is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about Prost, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. The Penile Rehabilitation Program was created by Melissa at Restorative Sexual Health. This is an online program to assist turning software into hardware without leaving your home. This program was designed for people who live in areas where access to health professionals in this area is not available, or for those who are just too busy to attend consults, or even for those who just feel more comfortable learning at home with online learning and consultations online. For more information about this program, please go to www.rshealth.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health, so Prost to you. November 11, 11 a.m., 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall, in the pub, in the tab, in the cars. So welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today we're having Bianca Spears, who is a laughter coach. Um, Now, what she does is pretty amazing, and I actually attended one of these sessions, uh, which is why we invited her on the show. So welcome, and tell Joe and I about what you do. Yeah, thank you for having me. So great to connect with you and Joe here. So I work with, I'm a qualified coach and I work with intentional laughter practices like laughter wellness and laughter yoga. I work to help people to really relieve stress and tension and also to rewire their unconscious mind or subconscious mind through using laughter and play. So I did a program in 2017 that really just opened up my eyes to how powerful laughter is in helping people to, yeah, just lay a great foundation to create new neural pathways. Here I go with the technical talk that you told me not to bring in. <laughs> no, you can bring it in and then we'll try and make it. Longer. Yep, go for it. Create new neural pathways to... Uh, lay fertile ground to plant seeds in our subconscious mind for positive change because we're bypassing the part of our brain that says no and rejects new ideas and says no you can't do that no that's not for you blah 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 blah. we can actually bypass that while we're laughing and uh, bring in some new suggestions we're really open to suggestion once we've laughed we're in a trance state basically once we've laughed for a certain amount of time so if you are having fun and you're laughing, then uh-huh. you're more open to new things. Absolutely, yeah. 
Great. So next time I want my husband to do something that he doesn't want to do, I just need to make him laugh first and then tell him what it is I want him to do. Is that right? Yeah, good work. Good work. Are you funny? Well, I think I'm funny. <laughs> I don't know it doesn't always I'm... work with partners though, right? They, you're like, I'm hilarious. And they're like, no, that, that was not funny. <laughs> I heard that one. <laughs> so is it kind of like even if you're not feeling happy and you smile, you feel a bit better? Yeah, so smiling and laughing activates positive chemicals inside our body. So we refer to it as dose chemistry a lot of the time. So D is for dopamine, which is known as the reward chemical. It lights up the reward centers in our brain. And that really helps us with motivation as well. That's like a critical thing for any motivation is to have dopamine. Okay. Oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical. It's known as the love chemical. We uh, release it when we eat certain foods, when we make love, when we give birth, when we hug, kiss, etc. Mm-hmm. Serotonin, which is a mood stabilizer, um, and endorphins, which a lot of people have heard of or are familiar with from exercise. They're known as the happy hormone, even though they're technically not a hormone. Um, they help us to get that, um, yeah, that high that we can get after exercise where we feel really, really good. So when we're releasing those chemicals, we're also reducing stress chemicals without doing any, like consciously doing anything. We're really, uh, sorry, we're reducing cortisol and adrenaline in our system. So laughter really helps to bring us back into a state of balance so that we can find calm, we can get back into the rest and digest mode if we've been in a state of stress Um, which I'm sure a lot of people that you work with have been stressed. They've been through a lot. Um, Really getting back into balance within your nervous system can help so many other functions within the body, like digestion, like sexual function, um, sexual drive, all those kinds of things to come back online, basically. So is it sort of like calming down your flight and flight response by laughing? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the one of the many benefits. So what is the difference between like laughter coaching and laughter yoga? Good question. So laughter yoga uh, is a process of going through three main types of exercises. So we do clapping and chanting. You'll remember from our session, we'll go ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Yes. <laughs> We felt do like the, the biggest idiot doing Can it. you just do one for us? Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. I felt so silly. <laughs> I still do. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. That's but it. then you clap at the same time. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Yes. Okay. So what that does is activates acupressure points inside our hands. We have about 30 in there. Gives a little boost of energy to our body while we're doing that. Clapping is also something very positive that we do from even as a baby. We just intuitively clap when we're excited or happy, right? So it stimulates those um, those memories and also those feelings within our body. And the chanting really just helps people to start doing the laughter sounds. That's that's mostly what it's about, although well, chanting has its own benefits, of course. From my experience, you feel so stupid chanting and clapping <laughs> and saying those words that you have to laugh at yourself because you just feel like a complete fool, really. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> laughter you. now thinking about it. <laughs> So laughter yoga uses those, uses deep yogic breathing. So we're using belly breathing and really getting the diaphragm expanding. And that has 
so many different benefits for your heart, for your lung capacity, all kinds of different things going on there, as well as that parasympathetic or rest and digest mode activating again. And the third thing is, of course, laughter exercises. So we use different exercises or activities to spark laughter. So something that we might do, I guess the example I often use is start our laughter engine. So we might take our laughter key imaginatively in our hand. We might pop it in somewhere around our chest or solar plexus and we'll give the ignition a turn and we might start with one ha, ha. And then the next time we might do two ha's, <laughs> turn it again, <laughs> and this time it goes. <laughs> so exercises like that that can help people to laugh even if they don't feel like laughing without the use of jokes or humour or comedy. Mm-hmm. When we're using something like laughter wellness, we then also have a fourth type of exercise where we are dropping into positive energy, basically. So we might say an affirmation or mantra. We might drop into a space of gratitude and do like a little mini meditation. We might share what we're grateful for or appreciative of with other members in the group. And laughter yoga is known more for being exercise. It it involves stretching. Now the upgraded version (laughs) in the last year or so involves dancing now. Um, And there's a lot of movement. It's very fast-paced as well because you're constantly just clapping and chanting, breathing, laughing, clapping and chanting, breathing, laughing. The laughter wellness is a little more grounded, a little more mindful, a little bit of a slower pace. When we take it into laughter coaching, at least if you're coming into a laughter coaching session with me, I can't speak for every laughter coach who's out there. We're looking at coming into the session uh, with a new client talking about you know, 10 or 15 minutes at the start of each session to look at where you're at, what you'd like to work on, just like we would in any coaching session. And then we're moving into using laughter and play exercises to address those issues, to shift any beliefs or blocks that you might have, to play with a problem. Like if you've got something and you're just like, I really don't know what to do about it and you're trying to nut it out from a logical level and you're burning your brain out trying to do it, if you can take that logic out and you can put your play pants on and you can be like, okay, what if this was a puzzle? Or like, what if I move this over here? Or what if I sung about this problem that I have? When you're doing that, you're then getting all those positive chemicals coming through your system again. You're relaxing so you can actually think more clearly, more creatively than when you're stressed about something. And you're able to take a much different perspective if you're, you know, putting your perspective goggles on or you're singing a song or you're laughing about something. You take a completely different take on it and you have a completely different experience with it, which internally is also building a new experience the neural pathway pardon I was going to say new neural pathway exactly bingo so for those who don't know what a neural pathway is it's a connection within the brain between the neurons so if you think of a pathway when you're going out walking in the bush if you cut your own track through the bush for the first time you're going to have a hard time you might get prickles on you it's very hard you're pushing past the bushes trying to get to where you're going and connect the dots between 
where you are and where you want to be. And it's the same the first time we learn anything or do something new. It's very difficult for our brain to make that connection. And the more we do that, the quicker the connection becomes and the easier we can do things to the point where, I mean, if you think back to when you learned to drive, if you drive a car, very difficult, perhaps really nerve wracking the first time you're like, oh, gears and turning and indicators. And now you just drive and sometimes you rock up in your driveway and you're like, how did I even get here? Right. (laughs) So when we can create new neural pathways that are associated with positive neurochemistry, we start to shift away. And again, it takes practice. It's not the first time you walk through or the first time you think of something or the first time you do it, that it's going to be really strong in the default response that your brain and body go to. But the more we can practice this, the stronger those neural pathways can become and the more default this behavior can be to the point where, and maybe you don't care about doing this, but me, if something goes wrong, if I write a really long post for social media and then accidentally delete the whole thing, like press the back button and it's gone, I default to laughing. I default to throwing my computer. (laughs) No. My partner defaults to swearing at his (laughs) picture. So sometimes, um, and it's not about, I want to be clear here because my work is often misinterpreted as being, you know, toxically positive, that it's overpassing the negative emotions and that I'm just trying to be happy all the time. Absolutely not what I'm trying to do. And I un- appreciate that the very act of laughing when something goes wrong or you know, laughing when you're feeling angry, it's not intuitive and it's not your default response. But laughter and tears are our body's release systems. So you can cry if you're frustrated and you're angry and you can cry. And I'm happy to cry as well. That's fine. I'm good to let it move. I think emotion has to move. Nothing is permanent, not happiness, not sadness, not anger. But when we hold it in and bottle it, it can become a huge, huge problem. And also a health issue. Big health issue. Mm. I will never forget a time when I ran a laughter session for a community group and there were, I don't know, eight or ten women there. And I said, okay, like everybody come into the circle and la, 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 la. This lady said, I can't laugh. And I said, oh, yeah, everybody can laugh and that's what I'm here to help everybody do. And she said, no, no, I ruptured my stomach twice the second time she'd had surgery for rupturing her stomach through suppressing anger wow and I was like whoa you literally exploded inside (laughs) um so yes the more we can create those pathways the faster it becomes and again I'm not necessarily happy if I lost my social media post or I forgot to put the oil cap on on the car earlier this year and my partner drove the car and our whole front of our car was covered in oil. The whole engine bay was just coated in oil. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be so angry. It's going to make him late and it's going to cost us a lot of money to fix that. I can't believe I did that. And I laughed so that I didn't mess up my whole day beating myself up. It's more to neutralise the emotion than to feel ecstatic that I'd made this major stuff up did he laugh 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> when I got on the phone to him, uh, maybe when he saw the video of me laughing. <laughs> what about the lady that couldn't laugh? Did you manage to, you to get her to laugh? I didn't ask her to laugh. I know she somehow, with all her friends laughing, sat and just watched. She might have smiled at times, but she might have been smiling on the inside. Yeah, I was like, okay, it's dangerous for her to laugh. I do not want to break internal stomach stitches. Let's let's leave it at that. What are the typical kind of clients that you would see? Like, are they one on one or groups for corporates or like, how, what sort of people do you help? Yeah, it's interesting because I only realised a couple of years ago uh, that I think we were saying this offline, right, <laughs> that I was this celebrity in the laughter world. And I noticed that my YouTube was growing while I was just building an ordinary coaching business. And I had been using a little bit of laughter here and there within my practice and with groups and things. So I was mostly working with entrepreneurs and helping people to build their businesses. And then over in the corner in YouTube, I'm like, oh, this has really taken off, 60,000 views, 70,000 views. Like, I'm like, what's people are liking this laughter video that I did a couple of years ago. Uh, so in the last 12 months, I've actually turned toward that audience that were loving my laughter work. And I've been working alongside a lady called Lindsay Mitchell, who runs a program called Vital Side. And Vital Side is about um, rewiring your limbic brain so that you can calm your nervous system and come out of that fight or flight response that people are in when they're, they've got autoimmune conditions or some kind of chronic illness, or chronic stress. Um, it can help with all kinds of things, food sensitivities, uh, mold exposure, the list goes on. So Lindsay was already working in that space. She was aware of my laughter work. She loved my laughter work. She referred me to her clients, which is part of why I became so well known in this space this healing space and she and I spoke at a retreat um, in 2020 and she was like hey like let's connect and she had this idea for bringing in more fun and more play into people's brain retraining practice because people in this space are very diligent they're very uh doing their practice religiously every day day in day out they're so committed it's ridiculous I love it so I've started working in that space about a year ago with Lindsay and I've been working with them and now I'm just hilariously at the same time, I realised I have chronic stress. I can only <laughs> sleep for four hours at a time. <laughs> I get jitters when I spend more than 90 minutes at the computer. So I had a real breakdown of my own early last year and decided to take a major step back from all the coaching work and everything that I was doing. And I've just been working in the healing space. So now I'm moving back more into, yes, more corporate sessions, which have been popping up since the pandemic hit, especially online. Um, more group work, working more with laughter leaders and other coaches. Uh, but over the years, I've worked with people, you know, on who've just been divorced and are having a hard time you know, with the person that they're currently seeing and the the ex and all these different things. And I really love that in those private sessions and always have as a coach that we can dive into all different areas of life because everything's connected. I can't work on someone's business with them if their marriage is falling apart or someone's just died in their life. Like it's totally unrealistic for me to try and press forward with a business agenda. 
So if someone came to you and they said, I've got a problem in like, I don't know, like my problem is I, I need, I've got this problem I need to solve, but they're mm-hmm. focusing on the problem. Mm-hmm. But then they did some laughter yoga or some laughter therapy or no, laughter coaching. Yeah. Um, then hopefully they would kind of get outside the problem and then look at the problem with a new fresh of eyes. Is that the idea? Totally. Totally. They can start to see see it with a fresh set of eyes during that session. Yeah. And like any coaching session that I've ever done, I guess, you also come away from the session with some action steps to start to move forward or to it might be to practice laughter. Mm-hmm. It might be to practice a, depends on the issue, but like a, a certain type of self-talk around that problem when you're thinking about that problem when you're talking about that problem maybe we need to change some of the language there and just tweaking those same little things that I would in a coaching session where yeah there might be a belief that suddenly and this is the beauty in a laughter session you suddenly realize how freaking ridiculous this thought or belief that you've been holding on to that's been steering your actions in life and the way you interact with other people or the way you the jobs that you go for or whatever it is and you're like that is so stupid in a way like it's so limited and it's so hilarious that uh, I mean I find it hilarious not everyone always does it at first but there's this sudden realization of like oh that's what's been my limit is my own thoughts example of someone that you might have recently had a situation like there's been that real light bulb moment for them? I guess a classic one with entrepreneurs when I've worked with them is uh, I'm working with people who are starting their businesses. There's a lot of money mindset issues or not issues, but limitations, let's say. So someone might say to me, oh, but I can't charge that. I'll say, why not? Oh, well, I can't. And, and we'll dig in and go, okay, what's actually going on here? And maybe it's like, you know, some subconscious belief that they can't earn more than their parents or or anything could come up really. But sometimes then I might just get them to sing and just be like, I can't charge $10,000. And just hearing themselves sing it, just be like, what? Like, why? Like, what is that? What is this song that I've been, this story I've been telling myself? Yeah. 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 Uh, And then we'll turn that around and, you know, create a bit of a power anthem about what they actually want to be singing, what they actually want to be saying to themselves. They actually want to be believing, but yeah, that moment of like, hold on, why am I saying this? Who, where did this idea come from? Is yeah, always. So most of our listeners are um, are penis owners. Yes. Um, (laughs) So, just out of curiosity, like, do you find that you like the sort of sessions you're doing are more often with women or men, or both? I have an almost fifty-fifty split. Wow. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, which is really cool. It is really good. And I might be, um, I mean, I suppose in the session I did with you, there was guys in there. There was, yeah. yeah, so that does make sense. And actually the guys were a little bit less inhibited than the women, weren't they, in that session? I was going to say some of the guys were really loving it and going for it. It was awesome. Yeah. And what yeah. about an age an age split? What sort of age split do you have? Age split? Um, I guess anywhere... 
typically from 30 to 50, typically, I would say. But I don't know. Like I once was working with a 17-year-old and also a 65-year-old. You know, they're both fun. They're both playful. They're both entrepreneurial. They're both doing their thing in life. Uh, It wasn't until I met you that I even know this existed. Did you know this existed, Joe? No. And (laughs) I I have actually done, yeah, laughter yoga one session previously, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of. And when I went to your website, sorry, your YouTube, there's, 6,300 plus subscribers. Yeah. But what's even more amazing is like some of them, most of them have got more than 10,000 views, but there's one in particular that's got 250,000 views. So clearly I'm a slow learner and the rest of the world knows about that <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> 250,000. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? You must Joe's like, so let shocked. me look at this. <laughs> Joe's like, let me look at this. <laughs> it is. There's like. I just couldn't believe it. I, after I got off that session with you, I was like, wow, other people obviously know about this except me. We need to tell our audience about this because it's really unusual and really cool. Yeah, it is. And I think it could help so, in so many ways. Like I, I loved that you invited me on here and then I went, oh, okay, like how can I help their audience or how can laughter help their audience? And I guess the main the main things about intentional laughter And I actually even asked my partner, we went for a walk a couple of hours ago and I was like, okay, from your perspective, what, what's the link? And he was like, what, penises and laughter? I don't know. I think there's lots of laughter that goes on with penises, but that's another (laughs) subject. Yeah, go on. But uh, I guess the main things are, are, one is like confidence and resilience, which I believe a lot of people that you work with, again, they've, they've come through a lot, like, they would be pretty resilient, yeah. but sometimes you feel exhausted after you've used a lot of resilience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, confidence as well, it, to even laugh, as you've mentioned, can be really awkward and to get comfortable with the laughter can build your confidence not only in the laughter, but what I typically see and why I've increasingly used laughter in my coaching is if you can laugh for no reason, you can you can do anything really like I, I believe that like if you can just laugh just cause mm. it's very bold it's very vulnerable it's very heart opening it's very connective it's very like some people see what I do and they're like that's so vulnerable I can't believe you just laugh like mm. and I'm like oh I don't know my mom always laughed a lot so I grew up with a lot of laughter something that I've um, done without realizing in my life, and I didn't really think about it until after I did that session with you. Was so you know everyone people get grumpy, and you know sometimes I hope my husband doesn't listen to this, but you know sometimes he gets grumpy about stuff that I just think's ridiculous. You know, like I don't yeah. know, real won't work, or the screw goes in the wrong way when he's doing something handyman thing at home, and he gets really frustrated about it, and. I, you know, he really will throw the screwdriver on the ground or something. And I laugh at him. And then he looks at when I first started doing that like <gasps> 10 years ago, he would be like, oh, don't laugh at me. This is like a real problem. And now he laughs at it too. So often, nice. like, it feels like often he realizes himself how ridiculous it is yeah. to be so cross about that, that because yeah. I'm kind of like, that's hilarious. Like, just, you know. And so, and I had never really thought about that. It just been something that, 
It's like, you're ridiculous, I'm going to laugh at you, and then he'll laugh too, and the problem goes away, and then he can tackle it with a fresh set of eyes. And I think after I did that session with you, I thought about that and thought that's kind of something that maybe a lot of us do subconsciously is use humour to overcome difficult situations oh, without realising. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. they, they have, they call themselves names for all, all different things. It's just the way guys get around the more difficult subjects. Now, Bianca, I've got a really tricky question for you here. Yes. Most of my patients, being a physiotherapist, <laughs> yes. leak are incontinent when mm. they laugh. Oh, good. So question. I'm just thinking of the challenge here. It, even in uh, females, yes, young teenagers, it's known as giggling incontinence. It's it's a condition that we see. Has anyone ever brought this up with you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> emerging pelvic floor exercises because it, it is, you know, something that increases the intra-abdominal pressure and it causes the pelvic floor muscle to. Uh, basically pissed their pants with <laughs> yes yeah yeah I had um weighing incontinence after I gave birth to my son and then when I was running laughter sessions I'd have to <laughs> wear pads and stuff <laughs> or like completely empty my bladder and not drink yeah. any water anywhere near that session so I definitely know that from a personal level uh and it's interesting I had a conversation with someone recently uh I'm part of something called the uh a laughter gym so we laugh for 15 minutes straight no talking no nothing just laugh for 15 minutes non-stop and then at, at the end we have a little meditation so we and then we talk about things after after the meditation like what was new in your experience or there might be a prompt question from the host and however we got onto the topic we talked about uh pelvic floor and I was saying that through doing the laughter, I feel I've strengthened my pelvic floor. And one of the other ladies, who's a bit older, but she's also a personal trainer, was saying, no, the, the laughter puts so much pressure that, like, I can't hold my pelvic floor on for 15 minutes straight. Like, you can't do <laughs> And I was like, no, of course not. And she was like, do you? like?" And I was like, no, I just, I just laugh. But I feel that it does help, but maybe, I don't know. I was saying when I laugh a lot and I'm attending the laughter gym regularly, I'm also going for a lot of walks. You know, it's one of those things of like doing all the good things for myself and then there's weeks where I don't do a lot of the stuff and I start to notice the difference. So I was like maybe it's the walking, maybe it's the yeah. laughing. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think the walking would actually help it, but potentially as well. Like we, we always encourage guys to engage their pelvic floor when they're laughing or when they're coughing or when they're sneezing mm -hmm. and you may have intuitively or not started doing that yourself so it's, it's definitely a little training thing that you can act, actually add function to and it's creating another neural pathway yeah and what I would suggest then if like uproaring laughter is going to put too much pressure on laughter doesn't need to be crazy loud or or big you can just, you could have a laughter practice where you just, and I used to do this for quite a long time, just while you're going about your things. I used to do it when I would start getting ready for my shower in the morning through to coming out of the shower, about 10 minutes or so. Just. <laughs> it really is bizarre. Like, don't you think? Like, it's a bizarre concept, but it actually makes you feel better. It's really weird. 
I can see a collaboration between you two. Joe could like <laughs> get the pelvic floor happening for the first session and then you could make them laugh while they're practicing their pelvic floor. Getting test to that pelvic floor muscle. <laughs> yeah, we could do all those research on that. Uh, yes. What happens if you have a room of people mm-hmm. and, you know, there's just a couple of people that are just not into it? They're just not responding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot. Um, well, I won't, I would say I feel it happens more with laughter yoga than laughter wellness. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I like laughter wellness and, and typically work in laughter wellness where, where I can. Laughter yoga can go super crazy. Like you'd be riding your laughter motorbike around the room. Uh, and I remember the first session that I ever did in my workplace, like just the the fear and the like, what are we doing here in my colleague's yeah. eyes? One Just one lady was like, what is this? Get me out of here in her yeah, face. Yeah. But she was going along with the exercises and I'm there like thinking it's the best thing ever and just watching her <laughs> squirm. Um, but it can push people very far out of their comfort zone to the point where they become very resistant. Yeah. And if you engage with the exercises and you go along with them, biologically you can't really not have some form of a good time because all that chemistry is happening where we're lowering the stress chemicals and you're boosting the dose chemistry and you get to a point in your mind where especially when you're in the laughter and you're really rolling with laughter where you really couldn't care care less and I don't know if Melissa if you got to that when we were doing the session it was a short session I was very glad that it was a Zoom session and I was in my own house where I knew other people were doing the same thing in their own house and they were too busy feeling like idiots themselves to watch other people. That's what I figured. I thought even if you were there, like you, you'd be so busy feeling like silly yourself that you kind of wouldn't look at other people. Yeah, but sometimes you do and then sometimes that can trigger you as well. So like trigger you into laughter I mean, yeah uh because it comes very contagious and eye contact is and always has been a very big part of these laughter practices and in zoom we're not always you know i got to look up into the camera to make eye contact with someone rather than looking at the screen at their face yeah so it's a little bit different like that online but back to the question sometimes there are people who are resistant and uh all i can do is hold space for them and perhaps as a facilitator, try to lighten off on the exercises. Like I will plan the session, but there's always, I think any good facilitator needs to work with what's going on in the, in the space, right? In a one-to-one session or a room of a thousand people. In a thousand people, you're not really going to notice how many people are not like you. <laughs> but, um, so if it was in person, I would go to engage with those people and, and try to get them involved. I think one of the worst sessions I ever did was via Zoom. It was a school in Melbourne just after lockdown. They were wearing masks and the teacher was like, please stop getting them to interact with each other. And they were teenagers and they got their arms folded. I can see them, but I'm not in the room, so I can't go up to them and smile at them. I just have to be like, hey, like everybody arms up. Like I can see those of you with your arms folded. Masks. They take all of that interaction, don't they? Yeah, and the masks I couldn't see because there was a group of 70 and a group of 90. So they were tiny on my screen. I couldn't tell who was smiling, who was laughing, 
what was going on. It was it was a pretty difficult gig. <laughs> to be honest, really, really hard. So, what's one of the best? Let's finish with one of your best examples. That like a really positive thing you've had from an unlikely group. Oh, unlikely group. Uh, well, I just did a session yesterday. I've started working with a holistic school in San Diego online. Again, cool, wow. online. Yeah. Uh, and working with people who are coming through massage courses and kinesiology courses. And, yeah, the group yesterday was relatively small. It was like five or six people, but a couple of them added me on Instagram later and, like, thanked me and the teacher was like, they were raving about you and and when it's people who are doing it for the first or even second time, it's hard to know how it's going to go. Uh, but, yeah, they all really, really loved it. And, um, yeah, it was just really nice to hear from some of them afterwards privately. And also that's so cool that you've had that international reach now. Absolutely. Yeah, it it was really cool. I mean, that particular situation, that teacher who then shifted into a new role where she was in charge of courses uh was really like rooting for me and like yes like we want you like I'm gonna ask the managers and then she shifted roles and she's like right like let's get something happening (laughs) so yeah so if any of our listeners are thinking yeah I might give this a go where do they go to find you you can find me on YouTube as Melissa has mentioned so just Bianca Spears on YouTube you can find me Bianca.Spears on Instagram I hang out there quite a lot on Facebook I don't hang out there very much at all uh they're the main spaces and then my website is biancaspears.com and you can contact me through there if you'd like to look at doing something privately in a workspace or with a group so I'm thinking if we wanted to like if we had a lot of interest from like our clients that are listening Mm -hmm. Is it possible, like, for them to, like, they could send me an email and say, hey, I'm interested in doing something, and if we got enough, we could do, like, one session where they Yeah, could. yeah, let's okay. do it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I could teach them pelvic glories. <laughs> That's right. That's yes. what I'm thinking. I have two <laughs> sessions. I'll not do anything except be involved and introduce everyone. <laughs> for any of our listeners, we're going to say, well, we can, if anyone's interested, send an email to melissa at rshealth.com.au and say, hey, I'd be interested in pelvic floor and laughter therapy and we'll set up a session. Because we can fix a depression, the yep. incontinence. Yeah. yeah <laughs> their marriage. Can. Get their partners involved. Exactly. Their sex lives. Yeah. Well, I was going to say family sessions can be really beautiful as well. And I love the family sessions that I've done with people. It's it's yeah, I'm awesome. To like a, fan, exactly. a family session to have a bit of fun when everything's felt so doom and gloom mm-hmm. and groomy might yeah. be really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Is there anything we haven't asked you today that you think you'd like to share with our audience? No, I don't think so. You got anything else to ask, Jojo? No, uh, I'm just really impressed that we've got a, a refreshing, beautiful female voice in this space. <laughs> yeah, we don't get many of them. <laughs> Sorry, but but um, to take it forward for that next generation, I think, because you're obviously linking with older people and even schools and, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to be around for a long time, I can see, I think. Yes, I know. And that's the crazy thing about YouTube. Like those videos will live on well beyond me. And what's even better is when you get wrinkles, no one will save them. 
Because I'll just be laughing. At well, I was thinking because you'll be like 10 years younger or something and you'll still look the same on YouTube. <laughs> That's true as well. Uh, no, I've already started getting that. Oh, yeah, I watched one of your videos. You had really long hair. It must have been a long, like a long time ago. You look very young. It's <laughs> only four years ago. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bianca, for being on the Penis Project. Um, I bet you that wasn't one of your career goals was to speak <laughs> about laughter on the Penis Project, but you've done it. So oh, thank you. Thrilled to be here. I'm going to tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Hi, this is Dr. Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions and so much feedback. And Melissa and I are absolutely thrilled about this. What we'd really love you to do, though, is to share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit, including any man in your life. Simply download using your favourite podcast app or subscribe to the penisproject.org. You'll get a weekly email and new releases. And this helps our podcast get more people and if you write a review and subscribe as well, well, we'll get known more widely across the globe. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. Women, just a mystery to me. I've got a boy of my own now. It fills me with pride to see him growing so fast into a man.